You are listening to Black Man in the Right World. Hey everybody, this is Mike. This is Grant. And today, we're talking about thankfulness and mindfulness. This year has given us a lot to think about. Thanks to some feedback from a listener, we're going to take a look at where we've been, what we're doing now, and how we can do better. And we discuss Pulp Fiction, a problematic movie with a poignant punch. What? Say what again? What ain't no country I ever heard of? Oh, hell no. But you know, happiness can be found even in the darkest of times. One only remembers to turn on the light. What's up? Thanks, Dumbledore. We have power now. I thought that quote was like perfect to start this episode off with. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, we our power is finally back after DWP has come back to the house like 20 times. Yep. Back and forth. After two weeks of no power, no yep. lights. Yep. Now we finally can see each other and see. Uh, we can, we're finally seeing each other, seeing each other, eye to uh, eye. Dun, 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 I like that song, but I just got to pretend like I'm mad at because you're singing it. When we listen to each other's hearts. No, I feel like that quote is perfect for 2020 because this year has been dark AF. Yes. It fits like our current situation, but then the whole year as well. Um, yeah, I feel like Harry Potter, this whole, this whole year has been Harry Potter. Like, who was Snape and who was Dumbledore? And Ooh. who was like, yeah. Joe well, Biden's definitely earlier, not Dumbledore, though. You're not Dumbledore? Joe Biden. What? I said me. I said Joe Biden's <laughs> definitely not Dumbledore. Sorry, I was talking over you. That was my bad. Uh, Joe Biden is no Dumbledore. Who is he? He's like, I don't know. He's like McGonagall or something. Where it's or like, he's that guy that's the head of the, um, what's the organization called with all the wizards? Like the magical people associated. <laughs> That's not what? what it's called. The Ministry of Magic? <laughs> Ministry of Magic. Thank oh you. Oh my God. I like you magical are people associated. I'm a terrible though. Harry Potter fan. I'm not a horrible Harry Potter fan. I'm just a un. A terrible one. I know. I didn't say horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just bad at listening in general, I guess. Yeah. But, What's new? Yeah. But no, I was going to say, I'm just a, a un, uh, unlearned or, or unprepared Harry Potter fan. Yeah. I had my quote, I had my little Dumbledore quote, and then that was it. Oh. I hit my two Dumbledore quotes and I was gone. You didn't even come up with it. Your your lovely fiance. That's true. That she she did suggest that we start with that. Which I think is a it's it's perfect. It's perfect for twenty twenty. It it's perfect for right now. You know? Also, happy Thanksgiving. Um, you know, this is gonna be an evergreen episode, but we did just have Thanksgiving at the house, so we should probably talk about that. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, I guess. I'm not that excited about this holiday, to be honest with you. Tell me more. Tell me more. Why? Because it's just like I don't have like who gives a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, I'm tired. Like I'm so sick of all these fake ass, whack ass American holidays. But like, Mike, we, we don't have, need a holiday. We have to take the little victories. We, no. Like we have to turn on the light in the darkness. Uh uh-uh. uh. Give me help us out. Our American government needs to get their their stuff together. We need to get our country together. We need to get the world together. Everybody has work to do. We don't need to be celebrating Kiki and Ha Ha and all that shit when we can't even go outside. That's true. I, I lost another job because of this pandemic. Yeah, because of the second shutdown. Yeah. So, like, no, I don't want to. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know, I still celebrated Thanksgiving because I'm a hungry ass bitch. <laughs> well, yeah. But and I was. I basically <laughs> forced you to. Yeah. So, so what did we do for Thanksgiving, Mike? 
Um, I mean, we made some good vegetables and shit because we don't really f- fuck with meat like that. You tried to make mashed potatoes. Yeah, that was a fail. And you, uh, you can't like the instruct. He was reading the instructions on the box and still messed it up. Okay, here's the deal. This There's is- the way that they put the box together. Okay, see the way that my this way that my box is set up. So there's the ingredient list, and then there is the directions. And the directions are on the top, and the ingredient list is on the bottom. But in order to follow the directions, I have to look at the ingredient list. So I see this ingredient list, and I'm like, okay, I need all this stuff. I start putting all of that stuff in the pot. Yes, but what, but you you should know if it doesn't say mix, stir, bake, or any of that before it, that doesn't mean do anything with it yet. But how are you supposed to put water, salt, and butter all together in a pot without stirring it? What do you mean? You just put it all in the pot. You so, added the mashed potatoes. Yeah. I, okay. That's the problem, right? I put everything in. I just put the potatoes in first. And I didn't know that when you add the water to the potatoes without cooking it, they expand. Yeah. I did not know this about this. Yeah. It was a mess. We had like, it was like a whole fucking gallon of mashed potatoes. Wait, but you have to explain why. So basically I put everything in and then I realized, oh, you're supposed to boil the water first. And then I'm like, okay, well, what do I do, Mike? And then you said, what did you say? What? I don't know. I told you you need to put the water in first. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I already put the water in, but I'm supposed to boil it. I didn't catch that. Yes. You missed that part. So I take everything out and then I go and redo it. And you said, oh, you can just separate the butter and you should be good. So I separate the butter and I put another six six cups of water in the pot. Which is crazy. Even even without me being aware of that, you should have known to be like, oh, well, I already added six cups. what is it, cups of water, that's yeah. going to be 12 cups of water that's been added. Maybe I should add less. Regardless of what I was aware of, regardless of what Cade was aware of, any common sense. See, what I thought, though, was that the water and the butter and the salt boiling before you add the potatoes was the most important part. No, so, that's just so they mix this together. I didn't. See, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to cooking. Oh, yeah. It was so frustrating because like, I, I could have been like a helicopter uh chef i guess yeah <laughs> and like been watching every step you were doing but i just kind of <laughs> like let everyone do the thing because i was like fuck it everybody has an idea what's going on i was on. just so excited about cooking and i we should have all... let you do the veggies in the oven because all you do is put like ingredients over the top of them and stick it in the oven and then that's it didn't i do like i feel like i was like doing my part you took the yams out of a can and put them in a bowl and that was good okay but you know what you know why though because i added the cinnamon and the pumpkin spice pumpkin spice was your suggestion Yes. So they were like candied yams. Yeah. That was good. It was a whole struggle. It was literally like um, the food version of our dilemma and plight of creating this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of a metaphor for our like miscommunication, I feel like. Yeah. Where it's like, I'll, I'll mess up something and then you will give me a suggestion and I'll take the suggestion, but you don't have all the information. No. So, so you will give me a suggestion based on the information you're given, but I didn't give you all the information, so therefore you couldn't give me a full suggestion. Exactly. Unless, and, and, and unless you, like, watch me the whole time and they're, like, fully aware of everything I do. <laughs> I mean, everybody got that much time and energy to be watching every step that you make and every step that you take, every breath. I'll be watching you. That's was, that was all I could think of is the sting Did you song. mean to do that? No. The police... At the end, I did. Yeah, we did have a good. We did have a good time though, cooking and then sitting down and eating together with our roommate Cade. So three of us here, and we yes. got to say what we were thankful for this year. Yeah, 
I don't want to say it over this though. No, we won't. We won't say what we're thankful for. We won't say what was said at the table. Yes, that stays between. That's a that's a sync to uh, you know, that's sanctuary. We can't share that here, but we can share what we're thankful for amongst all the chaos of 2020 to our listeners. I would say the thing that I'm thankful for is just like learning and understanding. I feel like this year, especially, there's been a lot of things I learned that I was not happy with, like, you know, whether it's like how intense people's, you know, ignorance is or how intense people's selfishness is. You're aware of those things like racism and bigotry and stuff like that, but the power behind it and how unabashed it is, like, it's like, I don't, that, that, that floored me. But by me becoming aware of that this year, even with the seeing how resistant our government is to aid and help people during the pandemic, how we have such a resistance to science, how we have such a, you know, infatuation with arrogance and, and, and stupidity of like Donald Trump, like that, all that stuff was very, uh, educational. So I will, I will be thankful that I was able to experience that now all within the same year, and it wasn't spread out. Like, I don't want to do, like, <laughs> you know, we got the pandemic one year, and then another year we got poor government aid, and then another year we got the election, and then another year we have, you know, uh, our electricity going out and all that stuff. All of that happened now. So we got we got hit, bam, boom, bang, with everything, and now I can be like, all right, <laughs> like 2021, let's chill the fuck out. Yeah, it's like a good st- stopping and starting point, right? It's a good stopping point for... All of the, the the ridiculousness that we've experienced, and it's a good starting point where it's like, okay, let's try and start a, a, as new as we can um, yeah. with with all the information. Sure, I feel like like it's like, ooh, this is perfect. It's like twenty twenty was the mashed potatoes, and now that the mashed potatoes are messed up, and we have a gallon of them, just gooey, oopy. Soupy mashed potatoes. We can throw that shit in the trash. We, <laughs> we we now have all the information with which to make better decisions next time we make mashed potatoes. Yes. Next time we'll be like, oh, these are the instructions and these are the directions. Those are different. <laughs> it makes me sound so silly, but yeah, uh, I'm fine. willing to fall on the the sword, fall in fall face first into the gigantic bowl of mashed potatoes. Oh my gosh, you really tried for whatever you just said. I'm going for it. Yeah. Um, I am thankful for having such great conversations and such great, uh, such a great awakening of information because I thought that everyone was kind of on the same page about a lot of stuff, which we are not. Um, surprise, surprise. I thought that a lot of people knew I don't know. I guess I I took for granted what I knew and what I and and even like just my own level of awareness and understanding of things. And I feel like this year has taught me a lot in that regard to piggyback off of what you were saying. But also just I think just like the ability to have conversations with you and I that we can then share with other people because I feel like with social media it's so it's so weird whenever you post anything, it feels like this big, like it feels like either super small, like, oh, I'm just saying this, but no one actually cares, or it feels really big. Like, like I'm making some stance that's like, you know, that's this is what I think about everything. 
and like th- this is now something that like I'm I'm gonna live or die on, right? Like it feels just so permanent when you post something on social media, even though social media is so like instantaneous and like flies by. Whereas I feel like a conversation like this actually has more permanence, but is more nuanced and more you're more able to explore ideas and explore the way that you feel. Like you might feel one way one day and you might feel a different way another day. And what's great about being able to talk and communicate with people, especially people who are understanding and willing to listen and willing to grow as well, is that they are is that you can now have such such a more rich um, understanding of the world and like be able to like test things out and be like, oh, okay, maybe that was a bad idea or, oh, maybe the way I thought about this before was wrong. And you can challenge yourself and challenge others. Like you told me this earlier this year, I think it was, where you were like, even if you have a conversation with someone and you don't change their mind, the last thing that you said to them will still be in their head the next time they have that conversation because they, they now have your point of view and their point of view in their head, which I think is really interesting. Sometimes yes. it's bad, I mean, but sometimes I'm it's pro- good. I'm profound as fuck. That's why. For, <laughs> if, for someone who was, un- was unsure what he was going to say, you sure did have words for us right now. But I will say halfway through, I found what I was trying to say. And in the first half, I maybe didn't know 100%. That's your typical white man. <laughs> it's that white guy confidence yeah, you were talking about last week. I don't week. know what I'm going to do. And then five seconds later, I have a... Okay. Um, but yeah, I think I agree. Like the... This that is the you got to find the importance and the good within social media and and instantaneous uh, sharing and streaming and the 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 accessibility of communication now is yeah. so intense. But everyone wants to look at the downsides of yes, we can conspiracy theories get spread. Yes, a lot of hate and stuff like that can occur. But also. If we didn't have the technology that we had today and we had to deal with this, this sloppy pandemic, imagine how you would communicate with everyone. How, how would we keep in touch? Jobs, everything would have been shut the fuck down. If we didn't yeah. have streaming and we didn't have Zoom calls and all that stuff like that and have the ability to, to FaceTime family members and stuff and talk to you know relatives and things in the hospital over the phone and, and video and all those conferences, like we would have been really struggling. So it's like, yes, those things are problematic when you use them excessively, but th- there was so much benefit to having those things in play this year because it definitely did yeah. make the pandemic a little manageable. I'm not going to say easier. It made it manageable. Yeah. Well, and maybe this is just from my perspective because I get very little engagement because I barely post anything. But do you ever got time for you? No, <laughs> do you ever do you ever feel like when you're posting and you just post something just because you're feeling it and you have something you want to say um, and then like you never you don't hear back or no one says anything? Do you ever feel like you're like yelling into the void? I will say that has never that hasn't occurred to, to, with me in the, in the most recent because you time. get a lot of engagement, right? Yes, yeah. but I will. I I don't think I I don't really feel like that because I think I've that's like a constant feeling I've always had. Where you just social feel like media doesn't do that to me. Just the world. You know how many times I feel like I we have conversations even in this house, and I'm like, you guys will be like, huh? Oh, I don't remember you saying that, or I didn't catch it. And I'm like, I'm so annoyed because I'm like, how did you not hear that? We I, we were talking about it. You just because you're ignorant and you disregarded it or didn't take it serious or you weren't paying fully attention, that's not on me. But yeah. like, and I get annoyed because I'm just like, oh, people are not listening to me or paying or taking me serious. And that is one of my, and for better or worse, that is one of my like least favorite things is to feel like I'm talking to someone and have them not listen to me. And so like, it, like I feel that way sometimes in, with our conversations, but I will say, I think you're more vocal about when you feel that way towards me. 
Yeah, but um, the thing is, I I am listening to you. I just don't think sometimes you. I probably don't give you the reaction that you think you want me to, or do. But I'm listening to you most of the time. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard when like you. It's not that I want like some reaction. Like, wow, that was so profound. I don't care about that. Well, I just want to know that you heard what I said. That's it. And like that's how I feel about most people. And so it's frustrating when you don't get that. Not, but like deal with it. Yeah, that's how I feel. See, it's I like just social deal with media. It. You want me to be like like. <laughs> Or happy face, heart. No, see, it's not about likes. It's not about all that stuff. It's just about, I just like being able to have conversation where we're hearing each other out. And I think that's what's so frustrating with, like, the political divide is that nobody on either side is hearing each other out. I'm fucking tired of both of them. Well, yeah. I mean, yes, there's that, too. But, like... I'm tired. It's annoying as hell. Like They make me sleepy. Yeah. But that's why I'm glad that we can have our conversations on here... And, you know, people listen or they don't. Yeah. The thing about having conversations and connecting with people, and this is something that I think I have learned a lot uh, with our discussions uh, and even jobs I've had, certain ideologies that these jobs try to portray, um, especially like, you know, when I worked at Gratitude and, you know, it was all like holistic kumbaya and all that stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Those things are so beneficial. And, but yet, you have to be very cognizant of how you go about it. Um, I think just saying uh, an example with our friendship and our relationship, like there are a lot of things I'm going to understand about my black identity that you have never experienced or you don't know about. And yes, tongue in cheek, joking around, I can be like, what? You didn't know that? And, you know, make a joke about it, put you down, whatever like that. But the reality is I can't make myself feel better than you or think that because I have this certain knowledge, I'm at a high, I'm at a higher standing than you, uh, mm. vice versa. Like, you know, whatever it might be some situation. I mean, it's very few things that you do know that I don't know, but, <laughs> uh, making macaroni and cheese is one of them. No, I just didn't want to do it, but you know how to do it. Yeah. Last night you made I just me don't think know. like, I, it's just, I didn't want to try. Oh, last night you made me think like I was like the master of macaroni and cheese. Or no, I just I wanted you to, it. I just wanted you to do it. Well, okay. I was very, it made me feel very confident. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm glad I gave you that because I didn't get to redeem yourself for the mashed potatoes. But what I, but I'm saying is like <laughs> there, there is this, this whole trend going around, you know, it's been around for a very long time with diets and, you know, thought leaders and public speakers and stuff like that where they're like, you know, fit, focus on yourself and get yourself together and get your life together and mindfulness and spirituality. But there's always been this like bad taste in my mouth because there, it's never necessarily a conversation between two people. It's always somebody that's kind of making themselves a little prophetic. And I would get so frustrated with that because I was like, we're missing, we're missing the mark here where we're trying to help people get better lives and stuff like that by acting like it's that easy or putting people down that can't get to where you are to, to kind of make myself make, to bring a little more sense to this is like, Basically, the people that'd be on the internet, like, oh, like, this pandemic has really taught me how to, like, live with myself, and I, you know, I've been journaling, and I've been doing all this. I'm not saying this to make fun of them, because I'm one of those people. I have been doing those things, but to make to make it sound like if you're not doing those things, you don't, you're not doing it right, and you ain't got your shit all together, and you're crazy, or you're unstable, that's not good. That's the thing that always irked me was when people made it like they have their life together because they work out every day or they are, you know, spiritual in tune with themselves. It kind of goes into like a cat, like a category with shaming people. Yes. And shaming people. And it's like you have to be very careful with that. 
I I never liked that. You know, the there's a there's a term for it. I can't think of it. Like spiritual shaming or something. I don't know. Mm, but yeah. but anyway, there it's uh it's it's just people don't realize they're doing it sometimes or it's just maybe they do realize it. But you it's the same it falls in the same group as if you're like constantly posting pictures of yourself on a speedboat during the pandemic and stuff. I'm like, look at me, I'm on a speedboat and I'm being safe and I'm in my like million dollar home. And it's like, okay, cool, yeah. dude. But like, that doesn't mean shit. Like if there are people who can't do that, they're, they're not any less than than you. They're just, they probably have less financial means than you, but they're not less than of a human. That's, that's that kind of behavior and that mentality that leads to black people getting their knees on the neck and type shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. That like falls under like class warfare. Yeah. Like, the class warfare shit. That's what causes all these problems because we think people who live in inner cities, people who have a certain skin color, people who have a certain skin tone, follow a certain religion, uh, make us have a certain income. That they are less than because they're not fully woke. And, you know, all like the thing is basically rich people, like if if a rich person is listening to this or you may know of a rich person, I'm not going to give you a fucking cookie if you can spend six days of your week going to yoga and fucking sniffing candles. Yes, because you're fucking rich. Some people got to go to work every goddamn day. So they can't, they don't have time to put on their fucking yoga pants and be like, I'm one with the earth. Okay, so like, uh, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that that stuff is bad, and I'm not I'm not knocking it at all. I, yeah. I I I I appreciate yoga. I appreciate mindfulness. I appreciate spirituality more so than probably the average person. But I do try my try my best to be very mindful mm-hmm. <laughs> of not putting people down or making myself seem better than because I do those things. There's actually like a root. This is like a root issue, like that I've that's been brought to my attention from someone. Uh, in like the new age spirituality like movement who uh, this is a guy who I write um, I help like edit his books um, I met him working at Barnes and Noble and he you know is an interesting author and spiritualist one of the things that he talks about a lot is how the old path of um, you know Eastern kind of focused religions of, of, of finding enlightenment um, can be problematic especially back in the way that they used to do it where it's like there would be you know Buddhist temples and uh, Buddhism would, Basically, the, the idea of, of Buddhism and um, going straight, like basically like go, following like a path to enlightenment is so such a personal journey and so self-focused that it, you kind of have to separate yourself from like the, the, the rest of the world in order to like go on the path towards enlightenment. Yeah. And one thing that that doesn't do is that doesn't then take that mindfulness and that awareness out to the rest of the world and it kind of focuses on you. So like what he... Um, talks about and his his teachings focus on you know taking that self-enlightenment that you earn and that you get to and bring it back down into like the world that you live in around you and then try and take that and share it with other people not just sharing like oh like this is how you become enlightened but like sharing just being more generous in general um and so you're not doing like everyone needs to just be mindful because i'm on this spiritual path that is you know so much further along than other people it's like oh i'm mindful therefore i act on it I actually yeah. take that and put it back into the world. Uh, and I, I've also have been, you know, through through uh, writing and through certain relationships, have ex- had experience with some several different groups. Uh, and some spiritual groups uh, have really spoke to me because I, I used to be very resistant to that. I used to see that in the same light as, like, over-the-counter medicine and, and you know, uh, 
Gary V type shit, you know, like as just, in like it's not like effective. Or like I was like, it's effective, but also it's just like it's like multi level marketing, like bullshit, where people just want to make you feel better so they can make more money and make more profit and sure. get, make themselves yeah. more popular. But then I was like, actually, there's a lot. There is a lot you can benefit from it. But like you said, it's such a personal experience. Yes. And I think what the problem is now. Is that we have social media and we have TikTok and all this shit like that where everybody wants to turn certain personal experiences into public experiences. And yes. that shit does not I don't I don't need to know about this shit. You're like the the process of your spiritual growth, unless you are presenting it like very raw and real. Right. Then it is not necessary. Like there's there's a difference between being like, hey guys, I'm a work in progress. Today I cried a little bit and I lost my mind, but I also took some time to really think about things that like really mean a lot to me, like my family and stuff like that. And it was such a hard day, but I, I really I powered through it. I wrote, I took some time to meditate. That's one thing. Yeah. Then another thing is like posting a picture and like you're like, you know. 95 pounds you got your yoga pants on your your instagram model fashion nova model and you're like oh today is so great and i have so much to be thankful for my life is so amazing my life is so beautiful life my life is wonderful if you guys want to be happy like me all you got to do is what i do and just think about like how great your life is and be so happy and it's like there's a whole bunch of shit you left out, bitch. It ain't, there is no way in hell that you just that your shit was just perfect. There was an equation, there was a process, there was some steps to get there, and you probably had you had some rough uh, moments around it. It's like it's sure. like the the photoshopped picture. Or they're leaving out all the things they didn't have to go through. Like if they're a white person, like you know, I didn't have to deal with racism today. Isn't my life great? Or yeah. if they're a straight person, you know, I didn't have to deal with like. You know, homophobia. Yeah, today. If, they're, like, if they're not, if they're a cisgender person, they're like, I didn't have to worry about someone just killing me because of my identity, right? Like, or like, I'm I'm wealthy, so I didn't have to worry about where my next meal and my next paycheck's going to come from. Imagine if the caption said that shit. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> so, that. That should be the disclaimer on every post that leaves all those things out, or at least that's. Uh, well, actually, this is an interesting. This is an interesting conversation. Like that, something we talked about earlier today. Did we talk about this today? Once I tell you, you tell me if we talked about this today or if I'm just crazy. Um, I mean, you are. But. Yeah. Um, the the whole like feeling like you need to put a qualifier on everything when you talk nowadays. I think this has more to do with what we're gonna about to talk about in a minute. But like as a white cisgender straight male, I always feel like I have to put a qualifier and be in conversation with all the identities I don't have at all times, just to make sure I don't leave anyone out. Yeah, I'm so sick of that shit. Like, <laughs> like it's like say what you need to say. I think it's like we we're gonna we're gonna trip our trip over ourselves so much if we're like, oh my gosh, I need to make sure I say everything 100% perfect. That includes everybody. That is acknowledging everyone, and that is not offensive in any way. That has all the commas and apostrophes and periods and exclamation points that it's supposed to have. Ain't nobody got no time for that shit. <laughs> Just well, say what the fuck you need to say, and then be okay with the process of breaking it down and yeah. going back to it and doing some editing. Yeah, that's true. But that, so I'm mean, going to have two minds of this, because on the one side, it's like that is what it feels like when you're making the perfect personal public all the time right yes. you feel like you have to speak to everything and then at the same time um darn i lost the second mind guess it's just the first mind respond to that please <laughs> well the, I'll, I'll get i'll get it back in a minute okay but it's, I, I think 
I think it's important, like, what we're saying is, like, going back and doing the edits and just getting it out there, like, that. that is, to me, what what, what the mindfulness journey should be. I mean, that's my yeah. own personal. Yeah. I, I'm going to speak to my processes and not and not to, you know, all the processes. And, I, and I've remembered what I was going to say, which I think is going to have to do with what you're about to say, which is, like, I want to be inclusive and I want to be um, uh, intersectional when I talk about subjects. Like, I want to be, I want to think intersectionally and think inclusively to challenge my own white supremacist delusion that I grew up with in this in America. Like I have I have I have these things that I'm learning and I'm trying to change about myself. So I want to think like that actively. But also at the same time, like you said, I tripped over myself. I tripped over myself even saying this. I tripped over you. Yeah. Uh I mean that, that have fun with that and that's fine. <laughs> it's yeah it it's okay to want to to want to be a better person, but it's all, you got to be okay with not being the better person always. Yeah, like you're gonna fuck up. Yeah, and like we and and I know that's what like there's like there's a handful I will say by ten percent of Trump supporters <laughs> and and conservative people who actually are decent people, <laughs> and they and they just and they're afraid that like we're gonna move into this world where nothing where everything is gonna be police everything's gonna be you know ridiculous and you can't you can't cross the street without having a fear for somebody trying to come for you and correct you for something ridiculous. But the thing is, what they need to understand is that is the life that most women and most people of color live already we already live in an over-policed world so that's why my fear my personal fear is not being like oh my gosh everybody's watching everything i say and every emotion that i put out and how i dress and how i look and how my face expressions are and what kind of job i had and my credentials and they're going to keep questioning my credentials oh no we're going to be in a communist liberal america no bitch that shit is already what we've been living that's why we want to fix it it's like yeah it's the fear the future fear of conservative Republican people is the current fear of people of color, women, and you know, uh, anybody in a subordinated identity or but oppressed that's what, identity. That's what white privilege has, gives us: is that we don't have to. Th- as I'm going to speak as all white people, right? Like all white people have the white privilege where that wasn't the case for them, maybe, or didn't feel like so it was the case for them. So you guys are afraid that we're going to make everything that you did to us, you think we're going to make happen to you in the next couple of years? Probably. Yeah. But that can't happen. That will never occur because but, white people are still in power. Yeah, Joe but Biden that's, is still a but white that's man. How, but that's how the white people in power who have the radio shows get to gin up all of the, the fear mongering that they do so is by stupid. scaring people like so that. So stupid. It's not a, it's not a, like an eye for an eye. It's not where nobody's doing that process. Well, don't you think that the end goal of social justice should be that people are allowed to think and say things that are different or challenge the status quo and not be judged for it, but through conversation, realize maybe where their where their argument has flaws. Yeah. Isn't that what free speech is about? Sure. I, I would say that that's what free speech should be about. Is about saying, hey, here's my starting point. Here's your starting point. Let's see, let you know, feel free to challenge me and I'll challenge you. Yes, but the thing is with that free speech is if it's been declared, like if enough research has declared that what you are saying is not accurate and offensive or problematic, you have to be okay with that being the result. So you don't get to always say what you want. Exactly. Yes, yes, you should be able to say whatever you want to, but at some point we decided 
uh, going out and publicly saying, oh, I see that little kid. I want to kick that little kid in the face and and beat them to death. That <laughs> that statement has been declared like to not be OK. Yeah. That, that is that is like that is promoting violence. That is harm against a child. That is offensive. That is, you know, there's so like we figured out that it's not OK. So yeah. now we have to be move forward with the conversation, knowing if you are thinking that you cannot say that publicly without getting tr- in trouble. Yeah. So I would throw the same thing like the N word in there or talking about grabbing women by the pussy and stuff like that. Yeah. We should know by now that is not included in the free speech. You can't say it. But the consequences that occur after that have been solidified. You will get in trouble for it. Yeah. And that's what people need to realize. It's like, you can, I always, I remember I told you this about the N-word years ago. I remember. I said, you can say the N-word as much as you fucking want. I don't care. If you want to be a white person and you're like, I want to say the N-word every time it's on a rap song. I want to say it with my white girlfriends when we go to Starbucks. I want to <laughs> say the N-word all the time. Right. Bitch, Becky, say it all the time you want. But. When somebody come upside your head and knock you the fuck out, you can't be like, oh, where did that come from? Because yeah. we let you know. It was, that, yeah, it's been declared. Yeah, it's been declared it's, and yeah. there's documentation that if you want to say the N-word around black people or you want to say it around your job or you want to say it on the internet and stuff like that, you may lose your job. You right. may have people come for you. Like it's, we know the consequences now. So we need to, we need to be okay with free speech, but we need to be aware of the consequences. And we also need to be careful that we don't, make these consequences over overreach like and because we know you know when we start we start policing things that aren't even like that we, we declared about the n-word we didn't declare that about like someone just saying i voted for trump you can't you can't lose your job over that like that's 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 reaching and that that's that can be a problem yeah but i mean the 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 yeah i, I don't even know the, the rules for that like as far as like legal ramifications like you can't you can't Fire someone for their political party. Hell no, that's discrimination. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, you can fire him for saying some racist shit, but sometimes he will like get those things confused. He's like, oh, you're just firing me, or you guys just hate me because I said I voted for Trump. It's like, no, no, or no. like because I'm conservative. Yeah, no, don't because, uh, Jim. It's because you fucking were walking around with a swastika flag and you said that said kill Jews. <laughs> yeah, like, th- calm down. You know we're not mad at you for voting for being a Republican or being a 24 year old uh, college dropout. Like we're 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 mad at you because you because of. The, yeah, the you're like weird association said. with the alt-right like neo-Nazis. Yeah. yeah, but so I, going back, I'm just saying like I think it's important that if you want to have these personal journeys and, mm-hmm. and you want to promote mindfulness, which is very important, yeah, you have definitely. to remember that it is technically like a personal journey. So you have to if you want to share it with people, that's cool. Share it with people, but I think it's I think you're doing a disservice to yourself and you're doing a disservice to everyone else if you're not being truthful with what that journey looks like and the struggle of it. Yes, this yeah. is if you want to share it publicly. If you want to if you want to do if you want to have a mindfulness journey and journal and meditate and do yoga and all that shit on your own, and never let nobody know. Do it however you need to do it and however it works for you. But I'm saying if you want to go out there and publicly be some face of it and be an influencer and be a, a thought leader and you know that's the, all that shouldn't have TED talks. You need to be very. You need to acknowledge where your privileges are and how you got there and be real with the whole journey. Some people are, you know, they'd be like, oh, I was in prison and I was doing all this. And those guys are, those guys are great. When they I think them- it's easier to be real with your struggle when it's, or real with your like actual origins when it is like a came from the bottom. Now I'm here thing. Whereas yeah. like, if you're like, I came from the top and I got a little bit higher, I feel like you feel guilty about that. 
Then, then you need to find another fucking career path. <laughs> then I'm what? Sorry. Being a mindfulness uh, influencer? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, like if you if you're like the daughter of a of a of a billionaire and you're like, oh, I was thinking about becoming like a spiritual like instructor. I don't know what the fuck I call it. I don't know. You or know. a son, a son of a billionaire, and you're like, you know, just working out all the time is like important and like. Yeah. yeah, if you're like a rich kid, like that's cool. I'm happy for you. I'm glad that you, your parents worked hard, your grandparents worked hard, and put put money into your family. But you cannot think that you got to where you are just from your hard work. Or don't shame other people for not being as grateful and as thankful for their circumstances as you are. Like if you're saying to yourself, oh, well, if everyone was just more grateful for what we have in America, then they wouldn't be as mad about racism or sexism or these other nah. things. Some people are being, you know beaten and and raped by their alcoholic parents or something you know like i'm I'm, I'm throwing some crazy experience out there yeah but i'm saying there's something that are going through that right now they can they don't have the moment or the time to be like oh well let me take a minute and just be thankful for what i have they're 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 in a life or death situation and i'm sure they do have those moments of fleeting thankfulness and gratitude that they are alive absolutely I mean, you would think so, but, but I, I know from my own personal experience, if like <laughs> I like how they said that right after that, none of that has occurred in my life. Separate but, personal yeah, separate, experience. This is a separate thought. Yeah. But I'm saying from my own, like you know, personal experiences, like if I got in trouble with the law, or I I've gotten I've had really bad falling outs with people, or stuff like that, or really you know hard conversations. I do my best to think back to the origin of our relationship or the origin of where I was like, okay, cool. I got laid off from this job and stuff like that, but I did get this job and I did get hired for this job because I was qualified. I tried my best to remember that. I'm going to have a lot of moments where I, where I fuck up and I, and I get really hard on myself and go through a whole episode. Mm -hmm. But if you remember that, that origin point of, oh, we became friends because we both like, uh, we're really good at math and we both like spent all so much time in class and we were both cool. Like you gotta be, you have to acknowledge that, that root. If you, if you were like, Oh, me and my parents had this huge argument, this huge fight, but my mom and dad have always been there for me through my teenage years and in my adult life and stuff like that. And it helped me out when things were really hard. Remember that too. Cause, yeah. cause then it'll, it'll make that one bad moment seem so small. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like in this time of being, you know, thankfulness and, and gratitude, I think that that needs to come with mindfulness for not just like what other people, what you have that maybe other people don't have, but also like who had to lose out for what, for you to have what you had. And I think that that's kind of a weird, like gray area where it's like, oh, now I'm, now I'm making myself sad or feel guilty because there's all these other people who don't have as much as I do. No, I think it's, it's about, I think of the movie Us by Jordan Peele um, and how, that film really personified that for everything that you have in your life, there's like a a separate, you know, double of you of what you could have not had and all of the ways that your circumstances could have been different so that you could be, you know, at the absolute opposite of where you are in life. Like the the, the idea of having a, a, a doppelganger or a shadow that's like someone who, you know, is is paying the price for what you have. Yeah. I mean, there are those people, but the thing is, is like, just like in us, I'm like, I'm not, I, I can acknowledge that you exist, but I don't need, I don't want to match you <laughs> just because like, because you're in this bad situation. No, it's not about like, oh, I need to give away everything I have in order to feel people whole People think again. that though. 
People think that's like everyone's saying it's like, oh, you're rich, so like you need to give all your riches to all the poor people because that's the most fair thing to do. And it's like, no, no, no. I think it's about awareness, and with that awareness, there does there are some actions that you take, but it doesn't mean it can't mean give up everything because that I mean, that sacrifice is is. I mean, yeah, maybe it does to some people. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, like if say if you're if you're a billion multi billion dollar company. Be aware that there, your people applying for your jobs at your company might only be accessible to people in affluent areas and stuff. So then you need to go to your HR and be like, I want to make sure that you guys are making sure that also applications and, and our job postings and stuff are reaching other communities that may yeah. not get this. Don't they Take that only... extra action. Take that extra step. Yeah. And I think like that's like where I would land with the whole mindfulness thing is as you're being mindful for what you have, as you're being thankful just recognize that maybe that there needs to be an extra step taken that's like also giving back in some way and not just in a public facing look at how great i am kind of way yeah speaking of things that we're thankful for and and things that we appreciate we always appreciate when we get feedback from people who listen to us and you know share their thoughts and you know maybe things that they like and you know sometimes tidbits or thoughts are expanding on where our conversation left off and maybe things that we left out um, so, you know, we, we got a piece of, uh, an email this week that was a p- good piece of feedback and we want to share it and talk about it. Yeah. Um, it's, so most of the time when I receive things like this, I'll just, you know, respond to the person privately and then we'll just leave it at that. But I felt like she brought up something so that was so interesting and such a great challenge that I was like, you know, I felt like it would be nice and beneficial to share this with everyone. Yeah, definitely. Um, so basically, the, this uh, listener, she she basically said that she uh, was referencing a previous topic that we discussed uh, on an episode. The episode was black man and the uh, black woman. I believe that was like episode sixteen or something like that. If you want to go back, yeah. Um, and that was part one of of a, of a multiple part series. We just haven't aired that one yet because the second black woman. That's that's going to come later. But um, basically, she said, like, in this episode, I spoke about a totem pole. And in that totem pole was, I basically said that black women are at the bottom of the totem pole in the United States. It's like, like kind of like the, so, the social hierarchy, right? The social hierarchy. Yeah, I was like, the most disrespected woman, woman in America is the black woman, you know, stuff like that. Basically, root, pulling that from a quote of Malcolm X. Right. Um, the thing is... She she said that well, while saying that I forgot and didn't acknowledge that actually I'm wrong. You know, it's indigenous women and Native American women uh, that are at the bottom of this totem pole. You know, which is ironic because it's like I would I would never say that statement because one I would not relate automatically associate a totem pole with Native American women and indigenous women because that's just like saying you know mm. <laughs> black women are at the bottom of this watermelon patch. Uh, <laughs> but right. so. Well. But the thing Weird. was, is she she is right. They're they're the the treatment and the acknowledgement and the experience of indigenous women, Native American women, is terrible in America. Yes, by all means. But also, uh, it's very important uh, that that we not you know that we not harp on like trying to be able to include everything. So I'm gonna I'm gonna miss some things out. So she basically she's uh she brought that up that like we didn't mention Native American people, Native American women, and basically said at that moment I forgot about them. Mm-hmm. Um and she kind of compared, you know, their abuse and, and what they went through. Like, yeah, black women went through this, but you know, uh, Native American women went through went a little bit more. Mm-hmm. This is um 
this is a common thing, you know, and she she's right. I didn't mention it, but there's a there's a couple factors and a couple things to to acknowledge here. And I kind of said it in my response to her. Uh, but uh, one, you know, I'm not an anthropologist. I'm not a, I'm not a sociologist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not <laughs> I'm not a teacher. So when I come into these conversations, I'm by no means going like, hey, everybody, I'm laying out the entire groundwork for you to be the best social justice warrior you can be. And right. like this is what I'm saying is a scientific conclusion. You know, like, no, when this, we do that, we share works from other people who are qualified. From, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I will and quote, they've shared something that resonated with us that we want to share with you. Even then, like I'm going to like I can be honest with you guys. Grant is probably the one that's more likely to want to do that than I am. I don't really have, I, I'm like, I don't, I'm not, this isn't a social justice podcast. Like, I just so happen to be black. I just so happen to be going through these experiences. I just so happen to have some things that I'm going to talk about that relate to race, politics, uh, sexism, and stuff like that based off my own personal experiences. But by right. no means, I am, this is not a fucking political podcast. This is not, this is not what this is about. I don't get, like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> saying some, some, some shit that might be rub people the wrong way 90% of the time. And that's okay because I'm trying to have a conversation that other people are hesitant to have right. so uh including yeah. calling yourself out when you say something or leave something out or sure. when someone thinks you say something or leave someone out sure i mean how many times have y'all ass done that never uh i feel like i own up uh, to my shit when okay maybe out. okay whatever we don't have enough time and energy for to discuss that right now i have thoughts about something that was said to me previously in a previous episode that relates to this so i'll get to it in a sure minute. sure but um, so I'm, I, uh, yes, I, I did, I did leave the, the indigenous women out and in the, in the mention of that. And I probably haven't talked about it. You know, I didn't have an episode black man and the indigenous woman. Um, but this, the reason, there's a reason why, because I, I, you know, even with the disclaimer that I led with that conversation about the totem pole, I'm speaking about my own experiences, my mother and my relationship with black women. So yes, I said, I'm going to simplify this discussion to focus on them. There's a whole bunch of mixed race identities and nationalities that I could have included, but Mm -hmm. we, we know in the grand scheme of the world, like, you know, the whole world, indigenous native peoples of every country in the world are mistreated. But also we have to acknowledge who are the native and indigenous people of the world. When you look back genetically of the, hist- the, the, hist- the history of the world, the eldest, the oldest bones and DNA and everything is found in Africa. So like, it's like if you want to, if you want to, you know, galaxy brain this shit, <laughs> you right. have to use a, a neckbeard term. We can, it'll, it'll, my statement still holds true. I, I'm, I'm including everybody in that. Any woman of color that has any, any type of shade to her, y'all could, y'all can fall into that position at the bottom of the totem pole. No one wants that title, but you can. Uh, but I will say, yes, I did leave them out. And because of that, uh, she brought that up to me. I was like, cool, let me do some more research. And I found a couple of links uh, and a couple of resources reaching out to friends and stuff of groups that support indigenous people and specifically women, because I do think that is such an important cause and important an important group of people that do get left out of the, the the larger conversation absolutely i but at the same time i think that it is the responsibility of our united states government it's the responsibility of you know the people who are the oppressors to to bring that conversation in we can't you know i i can't i don't i don't have the energy the capacity or the belief 
to go to a black woman and be like, hey, black woman, I know you're talking about your about your rights and saving yourself, but you need to also don't forget all these other people. Cause she's not she's not winning. She this this person is trying to fight for her own life. I, that's a lot to be like, while you're fighting for your own life, make sure you're fighting for everyone else too. Meanwhile, Becky and her and Susie over here, the white girls, living lavish life, being thought leaders and, and yoga instructors, and they ain't including nobody. And Garrett, let's not forget Garrett and Ben. Yeah, well, I, they are a fucking problem. I'm talking about feminists. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm talking about white feminism. Okay. Um, so we, uh, and we, we know that there, there is a, a lack of inclusion of a lot of women of color when That's, we talk about the feminist struggle. I heard a lot about that with the um, march, the women's march, and how that organization kind of changed and yeah, that, struggles. It, 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 it ain't, everybody's doing better, and it's a progress. And that's that's what I told this listener. Yeah, uh, I was so thankful for you know what she brought up because yes, uh, it's it's so important that we don't don't forget these certain groups of people and that we include them. But like I'm going to tell you right now that there's going to be a lot of times where you're going to find out. Or hear that people aren't including certain people, or it might seem like they're admitting something, or they don't get it all. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna get all one hundred percent everything right on the first go around. Well, and also I, uh, you know, being my identity, I would be hesitant, and maybe this is somewhere where I need to grow to bring up that person's identity, uh, you know, an indigenous mm-hmm. woman's identity, when I am not knowledgeable in that category. Yeah, I, so I wouldn't. That wouldn't be the, my first go-to thing to bring. bring yeah. Up. I don't, I don't, I don't have, I don't have like that extreme of a personal experience with the indigenous community to, to come out, you know, really hard and be speaking on that. Uh, unless I bring someone that, that has that life or has that experience. Which we, when we meet someone who fits that category, we should absolutely do. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can do that to make yourself feel white. Uh, well, I was going to ask you, so, you know, it's the <laughs> responsibility of the oppressor, right? Let's say I be- get in a position where I am in a position of power and I am, you know, straight cisgender white guy, Grant. Um, I, now it becomes my responsibility to bring to, is it, I guess I'm asking, is it my responsibility to in this position of power, whatever it may be, maybe I, you know, it's in the workplace or government, whatever. I'm not running for positions anywhere anytime soon or at all. So this is all hypothetical, but, um, being my identity, does it become my responsibility to think of now every other identity and make sure that I am cognizant of them and how my power affects them? I think you should try. Yeah. So, I always think that people should try. So but if, that's if like that's if that's if that's a space you're going into. Right. If you're like if 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 you're a politician, then yes, unfortunately, uh, yeah, you have 100%. to think, you yeah. have to think about every fucking person. Don't Your take that job. Your constituents, the people that you work for, yes. and represent. And it's not that hard actually. There's maps and shit like you gerrymander every goddamn thing. You know uh, the demographics. You can look up who you need to focus on. So it's yeah. not that hard. But that's if you take on that job. Yeah. If you want to be a movie producer and you're like, oh, I want I want the prettiest woman or the most talented woman in the United States to play this role, then guess what you have to go seek out every type of identity and every ethnicity like don't then don't make those those statements don't don't try to be like that's what i'm looking for but then not look for it don't say i'm trying to look for the most qualified woman in america and then you only search white women that's because now you're lying you didn't you didn't you didn't look for every woman you didn't give your sample size was actually a lot smaller but when I'm a black man, you know, and I'm saying, I got this little podcast, I'm going to talk about my fucking life and how things are kind of crazy and funny, and I do it with a comedic lens. Yeah, I'm not, 
I have never said that I was going to be a social justice champion or warrior. The thing is, sometimes black people, we get that role. We get uh, no matter what we do. Like, yeah. I can I can, I can, can make a podcast. I can make a movie. I can write a book. I can write a poem. I can just fucking say something on Instagram. And it immediately becomes slightly social justice work because he's a black guy speaking out. Well, but, I think about what if you're an indigenous woman who has a podcast where you just want to talk about cool music you know which you, but, i mean maybe yeah, and that's cool you well, should be allowed to do that yeah that does maybe that comes with the assumption that they're that she's going to talk about things from her perspective as an indigenous woman when she just wants to talk about i thought this song was sick yeah but and, and so that, that happens to black people yeah yeah all the time so but yeah. the thing is the way how i see it though is i'm still i you can i can have these uh responses but i am very appreciative of the conversation being brought up to my attention absolutely because it brings it, it brings light to a situation that i wasn't thinking about very much you're right especially so by, not in that moment yeah so her sending that email is like like she because she did that she she opened up a new avenue of communication between me and her she opened up a new avenue avenue of co- communication between me and you on this podcast and then right. now we are discussing it and now maybe someone out there will be like you know what i wasn't thinking about indigenous women that much or yeah. indigenous peoples or native peoples um and now maybe i'll consider them yes can i we, ask you an ignorant ass question uh, was the term b-i-p-o-c in use before june because I had never seen it before June. I have seen it before June. Okay. But it got pop. Would you say that it got popularized or is that just my perspective? It coming to my attention and my awareness? Uh, it, it, I mean, it got, I feel like this year everything got popularized. <laughs> but see, so like yeah. th- that, the fact that that term exists, and I feel like I even used that when I, in that episode probably, is well, yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think maybe you did. Uh, is is that that they're included in that group? That's why uh, we have to be. That's why I tell people be careful to police like the language like of of a person that is trying to fight for the good, fight for the right, uh, for the right thing. Because if I'm saying like, oh, I really want you know women to be treated better, women of color, black women, like I, but if they're if they're if they're like one of the people at the bottom of the barrel. If they're if they're promoted and they're and they're helped and 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 lifted up, it's gonna lift everyone up. I didn't I didn't say like them only and make sure everyone else is fucked over and make sure they're the best of the best and you know and forget everybody else. That would be one thing if I said that. But I I'm just focusing on my own personal identity that is that is oppressed. Yeah. But there I I by all means yes everybody. If you're of Asian descent, if you're of African descent, if you're from European descent, Australian descent, South America or North America. I don't give what fucking continent you was born on Antarctica. Shit, all y'all like everybody. I think deserves deserves the fair fair treatment, equal treatment, equity, all those things. But I'm going. There's going to be so many times that I don't continually say that every every you know morsel and drop of conversation I have. I'm not going to include everybody. So and, and I can say like from my perspective, it's also on the responsibility of the people. Like if you are someone who's speaking out for you know quote unquote good. Um, or for the you know, advancement of all people, you also it's on you to not be defensive when someone says, "Hey, you left this person out." Yeah. It's on me to not be defensive and say, "No, I did." Oh, I you know I was thinking about that. I'm like, I you know I just didn't say it. Like there's also that 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 instinct, especially you know for me and who I am to 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 get defensive and and be like, "Oh well, you know, yes I was," or like, 
or how dare you call me out for that? Like, I'm trying to speak to something good when I need to be like, you're right. I didn't. And I will next time. Or I will tomorrow when I talk about them specifically. You know? Yeah, sure. Just a thought. One, and the other thing I was going to say was that, you know, when you and Ash called me out on this in episode 12 about how it's like I, you know, acknowledge me feeling the instinct to acknowledge my privilege all the time and how that doesn't really matter and it's kind of can be condescending or obnoxious. Um, it's you still have to acknowledge like the the actual experience of people. You have to acknowledge the actual experience of indigenous women when they're telling you, hey, we're being mistreated. You have to acknowledge the experience of black women when they're saying, hey, you're being mistreated. Black men are saying, hey, we're being mistreated. Um, That is what you need to acknowledge, regardless of how where you are on your own mindfulness journey or your own um, awareness of your own privilege. You have to acknowledge when people are telling you that they're being mistreated. Yeah. And but it has to for me personally, speaking of my own experience, is that it has to be brought to my plate like. At the end of the day, because I have a lot already on my plate. So if you want, you want something else. You want me to try at the cookout or the, the or the or the dinner, and I already my plate is already full. I'm carrying two plates, and I miss your, you know, your little casserole, your little side dish. That's up to you to come on and be like, Mike, you need to try this side dish and just set those plates down because I know your hands are full, and then come <laughs> back and get you another plate and try my side dish because it's, it's bomb, it's fire. Try That's my why casserole. I, you said this in your response to uh, her was, you know, we, it's it's going to take the collection conversation of yes. everyone it takes it takes a team so yeah. like, i need i need her yeah i need i needed i needed her to speak up and i needed her to send me that email yeah because that 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 brings it that brings a light to the situation so it's a team effort right can't, i can't have that conversation without her i can't have a conversation with somebody's conversations without you like we have to do this together because there's a lot to cover so yeah. we have to be able to all be like all right you take you take some shit over here. I take some shit over here. We all, we going to tackle this shit. We're going to fuck it up together. It's going to be a, a collective effort. We can't rely on, you know, one single person to be, to be able to catch everything on their own. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I, it, me being in the position I'm in as a co-host of the show, I can sometimes use you as like a buffer and, you know, I can let your responses and your input kind of cover things so that I don't give my input on them, almost using you like a shield, like, oh, Mike said it. You know, Mike Mike, Mike provided his thoughts for yeah, this. Yeah, probably. If you go back, take a, take a listen back at the, the episodes that have the most critical stuff we talk about and, and see... Oh, I'm quiet as a mouse, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, see the, see the difference of conversation. Like, we you know, we talk about mindfulness, we talk about uh, whatever the fuck we talked about last week, and yeah. uh, you know he be he be popping off, he be ready to chime in. But then I'm like, <laughs> let's talk about racist white man. He be like, um, yeah, they they're bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm trying to give uh, space for someone other than me to talk, right? Isn't that the sure? What's the answer? What's the good answer? No, sure. I'm just kidding. No, it's it's important for everyone to be in conversation. Like, even if you have privileged identities, you should be talking about this stuff. Yeah, I feel. I just feel like no one wants to hear from me most of the time. Stop. I know. Like, I don't want to hear from you because you get on my damn nerve. But <laughs> well, that's even thing is you're saying go- that, I still got a podcast with you. So yeah. keep talking. You have to be okay with being a little obnoxious or getting things wrong, and I think that that's the hard thing, especially if you're someone like me who like wants to get things right. I don't try very hard to get things right, but when I speak up, I want to get it right. Yeah. Um, it's you know you got to be okay with it not being perfect. Yeah. Like, I have to be okay with, like, fucking up and maybe saying something that people are like, mm, I didn't like that Grant said that. 
I'm sure I've done it a lot, but no one's brought it to my attention. Yeah. <laughs> Other than you. Okay, first things, I just learned that eating, like, a bag of nuts from Trader Joe's is not the most ideal snack for a podcast. <laughs> uh, this is tape not, number two. That shit sounded crazy. It was like... <laughs> okay, but anyway... Um, I'm so thankful for people with feedback, um, and then and this even this person that recently sent me this email because these conversations are so important. So if you have anything that we you thought we might have missed or something that in a particular episode, past episode, current episode. Or something that, you know, we haven't covered at all that you'd like for us to bring up or you just want to talk about. Yeah, there's so much. So much. We're always so open to all feedback, whether it's an Instagram DM, it's a text message, it's a Snapchat, it's uh, email, all that. You know, we say that information at the end of the episode all the time. Uh, and sometimes take us up on that because I know, I know things be on your mind. And I know sometimes you're worried that somebody's going to come, you know, Come after you for saying something that might be a little off and things like that, but no, that's that's not gonna necessarily happen with us because there's two of us. So you know, if I'm ready to pop off, Grant will check me. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, sometimes they're gonna be hard conversations, and sometimes they'll be really quick ones. Yeah, I mean. some, it it depends. We never know, but I think conversations are very important. That's the whole purpose of this. One question from a very special listener that you and I both know. Okay. Ooh, we both know. Yeah. What uh, the question to you, Mike, is what theme song from a TV show would you be if you were a theme song? Oh my gosh. They What's said yours. They said that I was a uh, new girl. Who's that girl? It's Grant. Oh my gosh. That is so true on so many levels. <laughs> like her like air like, like I don't know, I don't want to call her a hairbrained. Uh, but like <laughs> like just quirky, like quirkiness. Yeah. yeah, that's so you. And then like even the friendship dynamic that she has in our household, that's you. Yeah. Uh okay. I would say mine is I think my many people know the show. You gotta know the show with Rocco's Modern Life. Oh my what's the theme song for Rocco's like, Modern Life? It just life? goes like Rocco's Modern Life, Rocco's Modern Life. Boom, doom, doom. And all kind of weird shit happens. <laughs> like that is my life. So it's a Michael's Modern Life. Michael's Modern Life. And I think about that opening of that show, look it up, and then you'll be like, ooh, I get it. Like <laughs> he's friends with like some fucked up, quirky ass, weird ass people, and life is kind of normal, but not normal at all. And so, like, <laughs> it's that show was like that was that's me. Like, I'm just trying to live day to day, but like, meanwhile, everything's colorful and trippy, and like, everyone is nuts. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> that's great. That's, that's my life. It's literally like a Nickelodeon show from the '90s. Speaking of the '90s, guess what we watched, listeners, on Thanksgiving or on our Thanksgiving, which was Wednesday. Yeah, uh, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. If you are a film student. Or you are pretentious. Or <laughs> you know you're obsessed with Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who hate Pulp Fiction because they hate Quentin Tarantino. Which I, oh, respect he, to them, too. He's problematic as hell. Oh, yeah. Like, even watching this, we had closed captioning on. And, I, and closed captioning kept putting, kept saying nigger for all the words. Yeah. And even I was though like, Samuel Jackson I, saying it. And it I was like, that's like, what they're saying? Is I he saying the hard R? I don't think so. I was like, everyone's saying the hard R? I was like, I hope not, Quentin. Because that, if that's the case, we need to talk to you. He needs to testify at the Harvey Weinstein trial. Because we need to talk to you because you say some crazy shit like that. Like, I, yeah. I, yeah, I've never been a fan of all of that le- N-word and that language in his movies. I'm like, why do you have to do that? It's stupid. I'm tired. Okay, you're edgy. Cool. Do shoot up heroin on a set or something. You want to be edgy. 
But like anyway, taking that, <laughs> I just th- I just process what you said. Yeah, I mean it's in the movie, but uh, yeah, true. I without with all that being said, it is one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, uh, and it, it was Cade's first time. Our other roommate his first time watching it. Yeah, because we sh- did we share last week that he's like you know from the forest and like has never seen a movie before. Pretty much, we shared at some point. Heavily reductive. It's but. not. That's don't blame. Don't put that on the forest and the and the P and Dubs, uh, <laughs> the Pacific Northwest. Don't put that on. That's them. just him. That's just him. He he. You know he he watched a couple movies, but he spends most of his time outdoors and stuff and playing music, yeah. which is fine. But so he watched Pulp Fiction for the first time, and I think he enjoyed it. Uh, the, well, I was nervous it wouldn't hold up. One for the problematic language, and two just maybe because it's just not cool anymore because everyone's imitated it. For, yeah, you know, twenty, thirty. Is, years. Everyone's like violent gangsters and drug users, so like their problematic language holds up because we're not expecting the world of them anyway. Yeah, it's like it's in character for them. They're all in character. Yeah. Um, it's just interesting seeing John Travolta because like he's such a different person now. <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, he's Samuel like such Jackson's a schlub not, in that. Samuel L. Jackson's not a different person. He's literally the same. Oh yeah. And Uma Thurman, like, if you, it's so weird because like watching him watch it, he saw Kill Bill before this, mm. so you could see so many like references or homages, or you've seen like all of you know Quentin Tarantino's subsequent films when you're like, this one is one of the first, you know, so one of the first or what, you know, second big film he ever made. Yeah. That's uh, so true. like, it's the, it's just funny. Seeing, seeing that, like, go, like he he watched Quentin Tarantino's filmography in the way that Pulp Fiction was filmed, <laughs> <laughs> just like out of order, out of like. order, yeah. So it was <laughs> it was actually pretty cool. But that uh, movie, um, I mean, I'm just gonna say what I feel about it. Like, I saw it at a very very young age. Like, I don't think I was supposed to see it. To be honest with y'all, like inappropriately yeah, young. I don't know. Mom and dad messed up on that one. But you know, they'd be like, "Oh, cover your eyes." <laughs> I don't know why, like, maybe black parents just do this. Maybe white parents, everybody do this. I don't know. But I know my parents, they'd be like, cover your eyes. And I'm like, uh, I feel like I should cover my ears. Because, like, my <laughs> eyes, just because I can't see it, I hear all these grunts and moans and groans. I know they're having sex or something. That's why you always tell me to cover my eyes. Because you always tell me on certain parts. And if I had to cover my eyes on basic instinct, I had to cover my eyes on disclosure. I had to cover my eyes on, you know, like, there's, like, all these movies where I'm like, it's all sexy movies. So yeah. I know why, but then... Wait, was it your mom or, or Kate's mom that said, like, oh, like, they would tell you that it was just, like, someone getting stabbed? That's my mom. My mom would say, because, like, in Pulp Fiction specifically, you know the scenes I'm just referring to. Yeah. I was like, what's happening to him? She's like, oh, they're stabbing him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so for the longest time, I was like, how the fuck are they still walking around? <laughs> He got he got stabbed, and then he stood up and was like, "I'm gonna go medieval on your ass." And I'm like, "Which is your mom's favorite line, right?" Oh yeah, my mom loves that line. Like, imagine just like a very traditional black mother. Like, you tell you clean your room, and you and your brother take too long, and you half-ass doing it, and she'd be like. Get in there, I'm going medieval on your ass. And it's like, okay, goddamn. I was she about to get a shotgun or like, <laughs> But yeah, she she loves she quotes a lot of Ving Rain's rhymes. Uh Ving Ring rhymes. Ving Rain's lines. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh but Ving she, Rain's rhymes. That sounds like In Rosewood, there's another mm. line where he's like, It's a war, we in the trenches. She loves that line too. <laughs> um but yeah, that movie 
pretty much is like a staple for me because uh, the one I saw it at such a young age, so I became, fell in love with it way too early. And then Samuel Jackson, like, has been my number one. He basically uh, raised you. He basically raised me. Everything I even have the bad motherfucker wallet, which is amazing. It was Ugh. a gift from my friend. I no longer we no longer talk to each other anymore. But I don't know why. But if you're hearing this, reach out to me because like I miss you. But anyway, <laughs> and that just makes me think about how you were at a golf course one time and Samuel Jackson was there and you almost showed him the wallet, but you didn't. Oh uh, yes, I was at a I was at a Bob Hope Classic golf uh, tournament and it was like George Lopez and all them were there. Which I will say I've never been to something that white. So you got me on that. Yeah. It was it was <laughs> very white in Palm Springs. But yeah, that's the that's the whitest experience I, I've never had. Samuel Jackson was like right in front of me and I was like, oh should I tell him about my wallet? And I was like, no, he'll think I'm dumb and like hate me and then I'll like break my heart. So I no, didn't say no, that's thing. so cool. Yeah. But it though I will say one of the greatest moments uh, I ever was I left that wallet uh, at work one time when I worked at Famous Dave's a long time ago, barbecue joint. And I called the restaurant and I was like, hey, you guys, did I leave my wallet there? And they were like, which one is it? And I was like, it's the one that says bad motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone, we we were cracking up so hard. Because like, it was so accurate, but it was also just great because I got to use it the same way he did in the movie. That's amazing. Uh, but yeah, that like you saw how his character was and how he would snap and talk loud and be like, what, I'm a mushroom cloud land motherfucker, motherfucker. Like, Great Think about mind. that, listeners. If I grew up watching Samuel Jackson, especially in like movies like that, now you know why I talk the way I do. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. It checks out. I'm gonna give my parents. I'm gonna give my parents some uh, some grace here and say that Samuel Jackson is the reason why I'm like that, not my country ass mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, hey, checks give, out. I'll give them one. All right, so there's this one passage or one, I guess, infamous quote of the from the film that is probably the most memorable, and it speaks to what we're talking about right now and just this whole uh, year in general, and it's the, the one that's like a biblical passage, which is not, we know that it's not accurate, and, he, and, and Quentin Tarantino took some liberties with the actual biblical passage, but still, it's iconic. Yeah, he loves to take liberties with uh, history and everything. Yeah, so uh, play it for us. There's this passage I got memorized, sort of fits Ezekiel 25, 17, the path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness, for he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers and you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee Okay, we don't have to hear all of that. They they clearly light somebody up. <laughs> yeah. But you know what happens. Yeah, you know what happens. But the thing is, like in the film, that that quote comes up twice, and it comes up at two different periods of Samuel Jackson's character's journey. Yeah. And what is so good is that he kind of has this. He starts to think about like who is he in that passage? And, you know, he kind of says, like, maybe I'm the the shepherd, or maybe I'm in the army. But then he comes to a to conclusion, no, actually, I'm the tyranny of evil men. And I think <laughs> it's, like, it's so unfortunate, but that is what needs to occur for us to move forward is 
there are people in certain positions of power in America, they need to realize that you are not the shepherd. Like, there are people in our government, there are people that are presidents currently, or there are people who are CEOs or bosses who've been doing well for years. I've always been thriving. I've always been a senator. I've always been a congressman. I've been doing so great. I am the shepherd of the week. No, no, baby. I think it's about time you realize you might be the tyranny of evil men, and you are in the, you are in the way. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are people that are shepherds that are trying to help those people and guide those weak and stuff like that. You might be the problem. So it's like it, that's why it was such a good passage that he pulled, you know, from all these different parts of the Bible uh, and created his own fake passage. But it's so cool because it makes you think, like, damn, who am I? Am I am I the weak? Am I the shepherd? Am I the tyranny? And you know, I feel like maybe we're probably all those things at different times in our life, and you have you have to be cognizant of what of what you are playing, uh, what role you are playing at the time. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I think that like for me personally, I feel like I'm trying to be the shepherd, but then the more I learn about real hard, I'm trying <laughs> real hard to be the shepherd. <laughs> in my heart, I'm the shepherd, but. I feel like it's like you can't help but acknowledge if you're aware of white privilege and and whiteness and white supremacist delusion, like you can't help but be aware how you are the oppressor. You're the tyranny of evil men. Some people can ignore it, though. Look at what we just dealt with this election. Yeah, I said if you're aware. If you're They're aware. aware. Stop that. See, don't do that apologist shit again where we have to be like, they didn't know better and they were ignorant. Fuck that. They I'm, knew. I'm Grant, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I just... You I know just that's think, a button for me. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I don't know. I, I, let's just talk about me, right? Let's okay. talk about me because I'm here. I'm the one listening to and you. I dare you to say you didn't know better. Well, I didn't vote for Donald Trump. We'll play that yeah, for the okay. record. Um I voted for Kanye. No, I'm just kidding. Why did, no. Who voted for Kanye? Anyway, let's move uh, on. <laughs> kind of wish I did. If I yeah, knew right. it was going to be such a landslide for Joe. Right? If I, I knew it was going to be a hot mess of an election after the fact, I would have been like, fuck, I'm voting for Kanye and Rocky Balboa, whatever the fuck his name was. Yeah, not him. I know. I know. I'm just yeah. saying, making a joke. But okay. So like for me personally, you, you're, I'm aware of how I can be the tyranny of evil men. Sure. And I want to be the shepherd. Sure. I don't know how to make that transition. I don't know. I don't know the right way to go about it. I think wanting to be, I think acknowledging that you are the tyranny of evil men is already the, the right step to becoming the shepherd. But that like was, you said, acknowledging isn't enough. Acknowledging isn't enough, but I just said it's the right step. I didn't say it's the end all be all and it's it's the complete solution. Yeah. But in, in the movie at the, when it, at his conclusion, he literally says, I I'm trying, he says, I am the tyranny of evil men. I realize that, but I'm trying real hard to be the shepherd. Oh. So you have to work with me. Yeah. So he gives the guy the option. He's like, I know I'm fucked up and I know I'm a problem. I know I got privilege. I know I'm, I'm in a position of power holding this gun in your face, yeah. but you got to work with me here so we can leave out. We can walk away from the situation with both of us, uh, keeping what we need and, and be and benefiting for, for what we need. But you yeah. have to work with me here. So that's, that's, that's what true. I think needs to, that the conversation never happens. I don't feel like I'm waiting for like the billionaire to be like, look guys, I know I'm a multi-billionaire and I know I have a lot of money and I know that I could probably just help all the poor people in America with the snap of my fucking finger. But 
I want my money and I want to stay really rich and wealthy. So help me. How can I stay really wealthy and help all you guys? And I bet you people be like, okay, nigga, look here. <laughs> uh, I got a couple we, ideas. Yeah, we will all work for you. Like, you know, he would probably be like, oh, uh, if you do this, we'll we'll buy your shit all the time. If you help out these certain communities, we'll everything in my house will say Amazon on it. Like, if, <laughs> <laughs> we got Alexas and Echoes all over the damn place. Um, but yeah. the thing is, People aren't seeing that, you know, they're not seeing that, that, that help immediately. They're seeing a lot of resistance. So that's why everyone is so selfish and bigoted and there's all these crazy problems and all this argument because yeah. people who have a lot and who are hoarding wealth and hoarding privilege, they're hoarding that as well. Yeah. They're not, they're not giving it because they're not, they're not even asking what, what, they, what needs to be done to meet halfway. Well, they think that they know. Like Jeff Bezos, he just makes some like Bezos Amazon corporation to, or like nonprofit to be like, here's my pet project and where I give some money to, to something Which that is I cool, care about. Which is but you could do a lot more. Yeah, you, like if all like 200 of them like got together and like said like, all right, let's dedicate a certain amount of money to get all these poor people off our asses and like, you know, just help them out. Think about how much money they could give all of us yeah. a month. Or rebuild these cities. Don't just get everybody don't need handouts and stuff, but That's you need true. to rebuild shit. Like yeah. it fuck it. Like rebuild freeways and shit. And on the side of the freeway it just says Amazon on the side of it. <laughs> Ain't nobody gonna give a fuck. We gonna be just happy we got more better streets. Now. I mean there'll be some progressive people who are pissed I off. I will fuck hell. those people because if it's a if it fixes the neighborhood and makes the neighborhood better, let's focus on that. Yeah. Because it's gonna happen anyway. I Someone else the, is gonna do it. The number one thing that they can do is the thing that conservatives are always talking about, which is jobs, jobs, jobs. If they want to help people Give us better paying jobs. Yeah. Period. Hire yeah. everybody and pay them more. That's yeah, the that's, number see, one thing you can do. They be scared about paying them people. What? They be scared about paying people more. Yeah. I also think about uh, police and black people. When was the last time a police officer said to a black person they pull over, you know what? Look, I, you know I can shoot you and get away with it. But I don't want to. You know what cops should start doing? Yeah. Cops should start saying, reciting the Samuel Jackson line. Yeah. They should be like, I've been saying that shit for years. And if you heard it, that meant your ass. I never gave much thought to what it meant. I just thought it was some cold-blooded shit to say to a motherfucker before I popped a cap in his ass. But I saw some shit this morning made me think twice. See, now I'm thinking, maybe it means you're the evil man. And I'm the righteous man. And Mr. Nine Millimeter here, he's the shepherd protecting my righteous ass in the valley of darkness. Or it could mean you're the righteous man and I'm the shepherd. And it's the world that's evil and selfish. Now, I'd like that. But that shit ain't the truth. The truth is you're the weak. And I am the tyranny of evil men. But I'm trying, Ringo. I'm trying real hard to be the shepherd. <laughs> no, what what I'm basically getting at is honestly, at the end of the day, like this is the reason why this passion is, is means so much to me and this movie means so much to me sometimes is because like that is kind of what black people are going through. Like the the result. And the in the the condition of the black men is the result of the tyranny of evil men. We yeah. are the product and the residual effect of slavery, of oppression, Jim Crow, violence, all that shit. 
I will include indigenous people as well. So of course. But so what we are, the reason why you're so afraid of us and you're shooting on our black men is because you know that we are the resi- we are the tyranny of evil men. We are the result of them. We are the result of the of those slave owners. We are the result of that problematic ideation. And so you're like, if you're the result of that, then you are dangerous because you are vengeful. You are angry. You are you. You're gonna hurt me because why are people uh, are historically you've been treated so bad. So you're mad. You have to be mad. You have to want revenge. But the thing is, is that we are trying, and we have been trying real hard to be the shepherds. So hard. Like, that's the reason why, you know, there are the Martin Luther Kings and the Malcolm X's that are trying to take bullets for for equality. That's why there are uh, athletes out there and comedians and dancers and singers and stuff trying to bring joy into your homes and laughter and art and stuff like that. Because as a culture, I I truly believe we are trying very hard to be like, we are going to, to move towards progress and move towards light. We're trying very hard. But... If y'all want to continue doing some crazy shit like over policing, police brutality, putting knees on necks, refusing to get people jobs, calling us the N word, doing all this crazy shit, then we will we have no choice but to be who you want us to be and be who you who you tried to make us or who you who you created us to be, which is the tyranny of your evil uh, past and your evil history. So that's that's the reason why I relate to it so well because it's like that's that's the struggle of the oppressed person. It's like, look, I'm trying to be cool, but you beat me down and you turned you turned me into a super 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 villain. But I don't want to be one because you try to make me that. So yeah, just trying it, to live. I'm just trying to live. So if you want if you want to be if you want to live in harmony, let's just live in harmony. But if you want to fuck around and slap me around and shit like that, oh please believe I can put on this Joker mask real quick and go ham. And you so, gotta remember, there are people out there who are still trying to be evil and do some evil shit to to advance themselves. Donald Trump is one of those people. I'm sorry if you liked him. I apologize to you, but he is not the one. He was he was a bad choice and he was a bad person. And he he has he still has a little bit of time to reconcile and and come to terms with that. I, yeah. I would say he has some time. He does. To, yeah. I mean, of course, he could always like you got some stuff to fix, Donnie, because like, you did you did some dirty shit. Yeah. And, and like, it was all in the name of self advancement. So like that's the thing. Where it's lying. Like, you yeah. lied to Republicans. You lied to religious uh, leaders. You lied to yeah. Christianity. You, you lied to the American government, American people. Like exactly. you don't, you don't care about those people like that. You were not ever trying to make America great again. Like so, you have to deal with it. Yeah. But guess what? We are that what we are now, and that in that resistance and that anger that you see, and everybody's like, why are people so mad and why are people so vengeful? Where is the result of your tyranny of the evil man? Yeah. We are. We wouldn't have been that way if you wouldn't have, would if you wouldn't have did put the shit forth that you did. You right. created that vengeance. Right. You created that anger and that resentment. Right. So now you have to reconcile with that. That's not just black people and indigenous people and people of color like not getting over it and not being thankful and not being grateful. That yeah. is that is the result of of what has been done. Yeah. So it's time to reconcile. Yeah. I mean, uh, and then we. I mean, we could wrap this this episode up pretty much. But, and I'm just going to, I guess I'll wrap it up. Who wants to go first? You want to go first? Or? Well, yeah, I'll go first. I, I wanted to say just like, in general, this whole conversation, I think thankfulness and mindfulness go hand in hand. And you shouldn't be thankful without being mindful. And you shouldn't be mindful without being aware of, you know, what what's around you. Mindfulness means, you know, not just like being spiritual or or, you know, being self-serving, it also means like being aware of what you have that other people don't. 
So as you're thankful, be thankful for everyone and, and what you have and what you don't have to deal with. <laughs> oh I was God. like, am I going to land this plane? I landed it. Kinda, All right, your turn. Your sure. Turn. It was a bumpy. It was like a little bit of turbulence. <laughs> but the way I'm going to end this is basically just say that, okay, so with mindfulness and thankfulness, uh, I'm very much thankful for the life that I have. I'm very much thankful for the experiences I have. That's where the title of this show even came about. It was my black man in the right world because I'm in the right place at the right time. I was meant to be here. I was put here for a reason right at this time. I, I was meant to be born. I was born a whole month early and premature because some, somewhere, some cosmic force, I don't know, whatever you believe in, was like, oh, he has to come now. He can't, he can't be coming in July. We need this motherfucker right now. June 23rd. They, yeah, and they just put, they popped that bitch out. And so, uh, and I popped out and I was like, yeah. But then, so it's, it's very important that I'm aware of that. That's why I have to go through these things. I don't want to go through all the stuff. Some things are really great and I love and I have a great time. Some stuff is really hard and tough. This yeah. year has been tough. Yeah. But I, 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 was, I guess I was meant to go through this. I guess I was meant to experience this. I have lost so many family members, so many best friends and people along the way. And I'm, you know, whether I have just figured out that whether I'm okay with that and I've moved on, I haven't moved on, and I'm still grieving for a lot of things, I still understand that that is the process and that was, those things needed to occur and those things have occurred. And so I'm very thankful and mindful of the position uh, where I'm at and like physically and mentally. There's, there's a purpose to this. But then I also am very mindful that I am not going to get it right I'm very mindful that I am young. I am young. I am young in my mind. I am young in age. I'm young in experience. I am young in, in pain. Like there are things that I haven't experienced yet that some people experienced when they were a lot younger than I was. My mother, for example, lost her father when she was 15. Wow. I'm, I'm twice that age now. And my mother and father are healthy. You know what I'm saying? Like, so some people go through things that you just will never know. You know, I have, I have plenty of, you know, friends, family, stuff like that, who have lost other uh, people in their family, who have health conditions that I'll never experience. There are things that people have went through that I will never know. But that's why I said earlier, it's a team effort that we have to work together. Because I sh those shared experiences and those conversations and that mindfulness, knowing that you are in the place that you need to be, but that place is not perfect. And, and that it's place not is just a, you. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's a journey. Yeah. It's it's like a journey, but it's going to, like we need to make it a journey that we all can journey to go together. Collective, we're, yeah. yeah collective we're gonna, journey. You're gonna have your own personal personal mental experiences and stuff throughout that journey. But the best way for us to have the full journey and catch the whole picture is we all got to work together and communicate. So like whether you want to email us or text us and stuff like that and talk about the episode and we have that, whether Grant and I go at it with each other and you just listen to us and be like, oh, okay, cool. I'm going to let these motherfuckers have this crazy ass conversation and they hash it out and I just take spark notes. You can do that. But it's you did say you wanted the uh, the Jules Vince Vega kind of like dynamic for our show. I feel like they're yelling at each other. In I the feel back. like we have that when the when the <laughs> when the speakers are not on, when the microphones are not on. I know. Like, I play I play it too cool on the radio. I yeah, he be trying to act like he all like, oh yeah, Mike, I listen to whatever you say, and I'm mindful and everything. Man, if y'all saw when we turn these motherfucking microphones off, he be pushing back, and act like he know every damn thing. We be cussing each other out. And I'm all like, right, no, not all the time. Okay. See, that's a damn lie. I don't even want to see. We're going to start it right now. 
Let's go. Let's go. Come Let's on. go then. But yes, everybody, thank you for listening and thank you for for going on this journey and experience with us. And we'll keep on doing this shit. You got it. We got a lot to say. All right, Mike, turn these mics off. We got to fight. Thank you for listening to Black Man in the Right World. If you like what you heard, please like, comment, subscribe, or leave us a five-star review. For more, go to www.blackmanrightworld.com or email us at blackmanrightworld at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.